Yes, indeed. It is approaching five consecutive days of the 2021 NCAA tournament. Again, God willing that we get to this weekend and we get it played after not having it last year. We bring you into the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is college basketball coast to coast. We cover it all, including the field of 68 about to participate in this tournament. I am simply the somewhat lucid, somewhat rested. It's not Thursday yet. Somewhat competent host of the program, TJ Reeves. I've got special guests coming up, a little uh, Vegas gambling aspect. Who better to go to than my man, Kevin Rogers. K-Rodge, as he's known, from VegasInsider.com. Uh, I look forward to talking with him straight ahead about some of what we're looking at, lines, pro and con, favorites versus underdogs. That's coming up straight ahead. My man, Ari Russell, will also be here. Ari and I, oh my God, am I this old? We were at the Big East Championship covering it for Sirius XM in 2007. Why is that significant? That's the last time the Georgetown Hoyas won the tournament. And there's a connection from Patrick Ewing, his son, and then, and Patrick Ewing now. And Ari and I are going to talk all about the Hoyas, Hoya Paranoia, and a little D.C. We are coast to coast. We'll talk a little D.C. a little bit later on on this edition of the show. Again, quick reminder, however you found us, social media link, et cetera, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. The show is in podcast form on Apple Podcasts. It is also streaming. If you can't get enough of us, it's streaming on TuneIn on the TAG Sports Group channel. Go to TAG, T-A-G, TAG Sports Group, free TuneIn app, top and bottom of any hour. The show starts over. You can listen to us till your heart's content on TuneIn on the Tag Sports Group channel with College Basketball Coast to Coast. My spiel is over. I am ready to bring him in. Reunited and it feels so good. I am not singing. Kevin Rogers has been with me. He's answered my phone call, my text message, and come on with me for years and still continues to do so. I don't know what I, I did correctly to deserve that, but I love that. Kevin Rogers, good to have you with uh, me here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Happy NCAA tournament. We are here, TJ. We finally made it, and hopefully we get it going without any snags. Hopefully we don't have any issues with COVID. You know, we start now Thursday is the first four, and then we have Friday, Saturday, which will be weird. When we always have games Friday, this round of 64, then Saturday now round of 64, and then Sunday and Monday, it's going to be a little odd. But I think we'll be used to it. We want the basketball. Who cares if it's all in Indiana? It doesn't matter. We're not going to the games. So it's all fine. And uh, just hope we get through this all in one piece. I love it. Uh, I love your insight. I love your handicapping. This guy kills it on VegasInsider.com, not just in college basketball, but the NFL, college football, the NBA, all of it. But we're utilizing him, obviously, here for the NCAA tournament. All right, so you touched on something that I want to begin with. And that is there's no travel this year. There are no regions. There are no home away from home games for North Carolina and Duke like every year that they seemingly got. Uh, Indiana has to make the tournament in order to have a home away from home in Indianapolis. They didn't make it. Purdue is going to have sort of a home away from home as the only Indiana team. That's about the only exception. So when you take a handicapping look at this, how much, if at all, does that factor in that there's not travel there's not home away from home situation. It is true neutral floor, same setting, same hotels. A lot of the teams are going to stay at the same hotels. What about that angle, Kevin? Well, first of all, I find a very interesting point you made that Purdue's the only team from Indiana in this tournament. You have no Notre Dame, no Indiana, no Butler uh, in this. So uh, the state of Indiana, basketball crazy Indiana only has one team in there uh, who's like the fifth best team in the Big Ten. 
But here's the way I, I want to break it down. You had the bubble in the NBA. The Lakers won, all right? Best team in the NBA. You had the bubble in baseball. The Dodgers won, best team in baseball. You had the bubble in the NHL. Tampa Bay, one of the two best teams. You're lightning because Tampa yes. Bay killed it this year in, in all sports. So you had all of that. You didn't have a crazy surprise is my point. So I don't think you're going to have a 15 seed go all the way to the final four. It is top heavy with Gonzaga. And a lot of people picking Gonzaga to go to the championship. And it's not crazy. So you think Gonzaga or Baylor, you know, would be there in the end. I think you'd probably get at least two one seeds, maybe three, depending on how it goes, just because you don't have the travel. You don't have these teams traveling back and forth across the country, going home. You're in a sense in a bubble there for uh, a few weeks. And the good news is, as opposed to these other sports where in the NBA, they played the eight regular season games and then played in the playoff seven game series, one and done later, get out of town. You lose, you're out, you know, loser leaves town. So I think you're not going to have crazy, not, I'm not saying the first round, I'm saying in the overall, you're not going to have a 14 seed win the whole thing. I don't think that's going to happen. You're going to have the best of the best there towards the end. Yes, you may have some upsets early on, but I think with this bubble situation, like we saw in the pros, that the best will rise to the top. All right. Fair enough uh, on that. A uh, couple more just in general uh, terms. When you look at the odds uh, that, that come out, um, do you immediately hone in on a game or two? Because I've got one in mind. And did you in this case in 2021 and say out of 36 games in the first four and the first two days, Friday and Saturday, that line is out of whack. Did you look at one? Do you always, when this tournament comes around, look for one? And did you look at one and find one for this year where you looked at it and said that they have to, they have to come up with 36 of them and sometimes one or two may be out of whack? What about it for you? Yeah, I mean, look, it's all about perception. And I think, well, number one, don't fool yourself. Don't think you know more about Winthrop than you do. If you know nothing about Winthrop, <laughs> if you know nothing about Colgate, don't fool yourself if you haven't seen them this year. And that's fine. There's no shame in that, all right? And you and I, TJ, are not talking about brackets. We're talking more about lines in these games. So, you know, when you, when you look at some of these teams, when you go down the board, don't tell me you've watched Hartford play. Unless you're really hardcore, you really haven't right. watched Hartford because you're never on TV. You see North Carolina on TV. You see the Big 12 teams on TV. You see the Big East teams on TV. Okay, so for me, I'm trying to be real with myself and say, all right, Look at teams that you have some familiarity with, all right? Don't try to say that you know more about Colgate than you do. So to answer your question now, one of the games I was looking at that stuck out to me on Sunday night, and then when I saw the line come out, was Colorado and Georgetown. You mentioned you're bringing on a guest who's going to talk about the Hoyas. Correct me if I'm wrong, was that Roy Hibbert, 2007? You're correct. And okay. Patrick Ewing Jr. is on that team. And Doc Rivers' son, Jeremiah Rivers, is on that team. That's the last time. And that team went uh, – Jeff Green was also on that team, an NBA player along with Hibbert. They went all the way to the Final Four that year. Obviously, it's a different story this year. They weren't even 500 in the Big East tournament. But everybody's looking at that 12-5 game with how they played at the Big East tournament. So what stood out to you? Okay, so number one, Georgetown was under 500 this year. They had some nice wins. They did beat Creighton on the road in Big East play. They beat Seton Hall, who really fell apart towards the end, who was supposed to be maybe a team that could win the Big East, and they fell apart. So they go to New York City, all right, where Patrick Ewing, they don't know who, who he is, going into the building. And <laughs> the building that he, that he, I don't say he built Madison Square Garden, Madison Square Garden built 100 years ago. 
But he was a star there for the next three years. They knew who he was. Anyway, they go, they beat Marquette, who was very up and down. All right, Marquette was terrible in the first half of that game. They win that one. They come back and beat Villanova, their best players out. They beat Seton Hall in the semifinals, who, as I said, totally, I hate using the word tank. I, that's not what they did, but just fell apart over the last month or so. And then they beat Creighton in the championship. Again, a team they beat earlier in the season. Creighton beat Georgetown on the road convincingly. And, I mean, if you want to go to this place, TJ, the thing with the head coach, with McDermott, with the comments, maybe some dissension there with that team. They did beat UConn the game before, okay? But I feel like Georgetown, it all worked out for them in that Big East tournament. And they're still a good team. I can take away from them. Okay, let's shift over to Colorado. Colorado lost to California this year. They lost to Washington State this year. They had some bad losses, all right? But they beat USC three times. They beat Oregon. Yes, they did. Yeah, they were – I feel like they're a team nobody thinks about in the Pac-12 because they're on the West Coast. You talk about Oregon, USC, Arizona, UCLA. You talk about those teams. And Colorado's always kind of forgotten a little bit because they're like in the – now in the middle of nowhere, but they're in the middle of nowhere from the standpoint of they're not a Pacific team. They're a Big 12 team. They're that's disconnected. Big, eight, Big 12 team. Disconnected is the word we'll use. Okay, fine. So that's why no one thinks about them. I think Colorado destroys them. Or at least wins the game by double digits. I just think that Georgetown, everything broke right for them. Four straight days, momentum. And now you're headed to Indiana. So is Colorado. The Ducks made it – or the Ducks, sorry. The Buffaloes made it to the Pac-12 championship. They run into a really hot Oregon State team who Colorado beat twice – and they lost to them. I don't know. I'm just not buying into Georgetown. I'm really not buying into them. All right. And again, Colorado at the time that we were taping is something like a five and a half or six point yeah. favorite in that one. So that's one that you honed in on. I honed in on Colgate only being an eight or nine point underdog with Arkansas. Arkansas had the great run at the end of the regular season, including beating Alabama late in the regular season. Got to the semifinal, but then lost a close game to LSU in the SEC tournament. Does that line not look out of whack that, uh, you know, Colgate didn't play a lot of games this year, too, because of COVID and the restrictions in their conference with COVID? It, it just it jumped out to me. Does that one not jump out to you as a round one game? It does. I mean, again, like I said before, I really don't know much about Colgate and the Patriot League. It's tough to judge a team playing 14 games this season. And again, you're 13 and one. So obviously you're one of the better teams in the conference. I mean, we saw Drexel out of the Colonial was like the fifth seed in that conference. That's why the Colonial is a 16th seed, which is very rare. But Arkansas went on this great run towards the end of the season. The only game they lost was in the SEC Big 12 Challenge to a really good Oklahoma State team on the road. Besides that, they did really well in the SEC. They beat Alabama at home, who everyone's saying is the best team in the Southeastern Conference right now. And then Arkansas ends up losing in the SEC semifinals. And Eric Musselman, we know, is a very solid coach. He was in the NBA. He's an energetic guy. I mean, it does look like a low line. It really does. It looks like something you're saying, wait a minute. You know, is this Colgate team better than we thought? And I'm only staying away from it because I just don't know as much about Colgate. That's why I don't want to take a shot with it. But it does seem, I don't want to say low, but you would think with the way Arkansas has played, because again, Arkansas to start SEC play wasn't so hot. So now I kind of wonder, you know, you catch teams. It's a weird thing, TJ, because there are teams that, like Wisconsin, for instance, played well to start the season, kind of stumbled to the end. So 
you know, that that's where you say, do you get a team that's hot now or maybe a team that didn't play so well, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, that can step it up? Yeah, that's what you have to try to project and gauge. And again, Arkansas may roll in that game. We don't know, but it's just fascinating that the odds makers have that under double digits for that game coming uh, this weekend. A couple of more moments. Kevin Rogers, follow him at VI Rogers on social media. Find him on VegasInsider.com, the Bet and Collect podcast. I'll let him plug a couple of other ones. Um, all right, so when you project in this, I'm not just talking about your Final Four. Who who really has good value right now as a Final Four team besides like Gonzaga, Baylor, uh, the overwhelming favorites, Michigan, Illinois, Alabama? Does somebody have a value right now as a Final Four team or a national champion to you? Anybody pop to mind that you see that you're looking at and going, hey, hey those are decent odds on whoever that team is? The one I'm looking at taking away from those teams, and again, I feel like they're either going to lose in the first round or make it to the Final Four is West Virginia. That <laughs> they're in a region, and and Huggy, like, he needs that championship. He wants that championship. Gonzaga's region, I think, is tough, even though I think they're going to get out of it. West Virginia, I think, can get out of that region. That if they were to face an Illinois in the, in the Elite Eight, they could beat them. We saw what happened against Baylor. They lost that game in overtime, and, and they had a shot there. And they've lost some game. The Big 12 was tough this year at the top. I mean, you had some really good teams at the top of that Big 12. So it's okay that they've lost a few games. But you get Moorhead State in the first round, who was really hot towards the end of the year at the Ohio Valley. And I just think in that region, West Virginia can advance out of it and make it to the Final Four. I like Houston in the bottom of that draw, too. But West Virginia is an interesting one. Battle-tested, 900-win head coach. Uh, Very interesting on that. Again, we plug once more that you're going to be all over the lines, the information, the trends. There's going to be all kinds of updates. Are there COVID positives? We hope not. Uh, There's injury question marks on some teams. They got to be locked in on Vegas Insider before these games get tipped off Thursday night and into the weekend, correct? Yes, our college basketball section is just uh, overloaded right now with information. We already have the previews up for the first four games Thursday, including Michigan State UCLA is the late game. It'll be very intriguing. And the previews for Friday and Saturday, the brackets, sleepers, favorites, props to look at. So it's all there on VegasInsider.com on our college basketball section. I always love getting to chat with you. Good luck with the madness and the mayhem of 36 games in three days and over those three nights. And then we're going to have, after that, another 16 games on Saturday and Sunday. My Lord, a buffet unlike any other for this weekend. I love it. If you let me bother you again later on on college basketball, coast-to-coast later in the year, uh, in in March and, and later on in this tournament, I'd love to do so. Thank you for spending some minutes with me here before the tournament gets underway, Kevin Rogers. Anything for you, CJ. Thank you. As we do continue along, and as promised, all is right with the world part two, because my man Ari Russell, who has been my wingman back in the SiriusXM days, he has come on board with me, Fox Sports Radio, tune-in coverage of the NCAA tournament in the Final Four. I have spent more times in March with Ari Russell than I have with my own wife and family. So it is only appropriate that I bring you back in on college basketball coast to coast on the audio podcast uh, here. And they may also seeing us on uh, see us on a video clip, uh, et cetera, on social media. Good to have you. Much love for coach Ari. <laughs> Happy March. Happy March, man. We're here. We actually have uh, basketball to talk of in the college ranks, man. Unlike last year. So, uh, you know, last year was kind of like a slap and now we got something, even though 
you know, some of us were kind of on eggshells now with, you know, not knowing there's a lot of things that could happen that could be disruptive in this tournament, but they're going to play some type of basketball and teams will be playing, uh, you know, between the lines here. So that's good. That's always a good thing. And I should set the table that Ari is a veteran of a lot of different avenues and travels, but you're a DC native. He's now living in New York. Yeah, but it's it's only appropriate that the D.C. New York connection is back. Let's talk some Georgetown Hoyas with the full understanding. You didn't go to Georgetown. I obviously am in Florida. I didn't go to Georgetown. But this is some story that they've won the Big East tournament. You're a Nick guy, too. And Patrick Ewing uh, was was having some fun and, and then also somewhat insulted that he's walking around the garden and they don't know who he is. They know they knew who he was by Friday night and by Saturday night uh, after what the Hoyas did. All right, so tell me, tell me more here because this is the first time in 14 years they won the Big East tournament, and you got to have a little uh, smile on your face with the D.C., New York, Patrick Ewing, Georgetown connection. Yeah. Well, you got to be happy for Pat. You know, uh, a guy that kind of was snubbed from getting any head coaching jobs uh, anywhere in the NBA, and he and everyone was like, "Oh, he he should be getting a job." Finally, the Georgetown job opened up. Um, and they hired him. And, I, and a lot of people questioned whether this was the right hire, um, you know, that the, the program had been so, you know, kind of that the the influence of, of John Thompson Jr. was always there. It must have been difficult for the for the school to, to let go of John Thompson, the third, his son, who had actually brought the, the school to the final four. Um, you know, but to see Pat come back into the garden and to 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 you know, bring the, the Georgetown Hoyas back into the NCAA tournament where they haven't been in a while. Uh, and, and to finally, you know, kind of, even though they didn't recognize him, you know, like you said, they recognized him afterwards, I would hope. <laughs> that, to me, that's just like, you know, a young security guard probably that has no idea about anything really associated with the Knicks in the last 20 years. And Pat hasn't been on the team in 20 years. Um, so, so, you know, it, it was great for the city of New York to see Pat, you know, raise that trophy. It's great for the city of DC to see Georgetown, you know, get back into the NCAA tournament and win the big East tournament. Um, you know, uh, but I'm happy for Pat, you know, he's come a long way. And, and I think that this is some level of uh, showing that he's moving this program in the right direction to be able to have a run like that in March. Uh, hope they do well in the NCAA tournament, but it, it's a good sign for that program moving forward to be able to win the Big East tournament like that in the manner that they did it at MSG, and it's Pat whose whose numbers is in the rafters there. So uh, it was just it's just a great storyline, and I'm happy for for Pat and, well, and for Georgetown. And the only thing they didn't have was a large crowd. They only had friends and family that were allowed to yeah. even be there. That's the only thing you were missing. But what a story to win four games in four days. Uh, and as we joked this week on College Basketball Coast to Coast, they weren't even going to be in the NIT. No postseason. As soon as they lost, their year is over. And now they win all four games and get in the NCAA tournament and will play Colorado in the first game out of the box at Hinkle Fieldhouse on Saturday afternoon in a 12-5 game. More on that um, in, a, in a second. Hey, take me back as best you remember. You're a little younger than me, but in the 80s, they were so dominant. In the early 80s, with Ewing there in the championship game, Three times in his four years, I often joke, and I bring it up again here, the only team that kept Patrick Ewing out of the Final Four in the championship game, my Memphis State Tigers and Keith Lee. That's the only team that did. Other than that, they were in the title game every other year. 
Take me back to that time because Georgetown was not only ruling D.C., if not the Big East and the Northeast, but they became a national brand with John Thompson with the towel on his shoulder. That was some time when Georgetown was was it, at least uh, in the in the early to mid 80s. Well, I mean, I mean, for me, I didn't really start paying as much attention to college basketball legit, like because I was young, um, probably until after they left. Uh, after Pat left after those four years, which which I believe his senior year was 1985, um, where they lost to Villanova in the finals, which is probably one of the biggest upsets in the history of of, of the tournament. Um, you know, but but obviously being a Knicks fan and, and knowing that, you know, the early on, I, I didn't watch enough sports to remember enough. Uh, but I do remember kind of going back and watching all of the highlights uh you know, I think I probably more came up uh, a little bit after that um, where I really knew and, and followed and and kind of everything stuck in my brain is is really in the beginning of the Matumbo morning era. It was Matumbo first and then morning came in and they had the Twin Towers. Um, you know, at that point, Georgetown was already established as a brand because of Pat Ewing and, and John Thompson uh, a few years earlier. Uh, but but, you know, that that's what I remember of Georgetown. But it was always Pat before that. So they had the, the center kind of, you know, it was kind of it was Pat Ewing, Dikembe, and then Alonzo Mourning. And then after sure. that, it was Othello Harrington. Um, you know, so they had a nice line of centers there that that John Thompson was really bringing guys into the NBA. Uh, I remember this, and maybe you remember this. You remember the time um, where the Big East, it was for a year or two maybe, where they allowed six fouls during the conference play. I do remember. And it screwed them up during the NCAA tournament because they because they were so adjusted to the six fouls that they would get in early foul trouble, right? Because they weren't as concerned. So, and also the Big East was so physical then. And then when they get to the NCAA tournament and play against some of the ACC teams, the ACC teams, it's like you breathe on someone and all of a sudden it's a foul. The Big East was kind of like, well, you got to show a little bit of blood or something. So. Um, another thing to mention about this, about Georgetown also, the first year that John Thompson, you know, Jr. isn't here in the physical sense. Um, you know, obviously he passed away recently, so he wasn't able to see Patrick Ewing do this. Um, you know, uh, so that that's something that uh, that people often say uh, that that, you know, the spirit of John Thompson is still there. Right. And, and this and this win is for Thompson, John Thompson. Okay, so let's reminisce, you and me. we got a few minutes left in this show. The last time the Hoyas did this was 07, and that team had Roy Hibbert, who was enormous, speaking of big men. It had Jeff Green, but it also had Patrick Ewing Jr. And Uh it also had uh, Jeremiah Rivers, the son of Doc Rivers. It had John Thompson III, as you mentioned, as the coach, the son of the legend. We were there at the Garden. I cannot believe that was 14 years ago, 2007. That's the last time they won it. Real yeah. quick, what do you remember about them putting it together uh, as they won a close game with Notre Dame in the semifinal? They blew out Pitt in the championship game. Then we were down around them in the locker room after the game. What do you remember about all of that finally? Well, first, off, first off, I remember for, I was sick as a dog when I first got to New York. I got there early before you did. Uh, and I missed, And that first day, I couldn't even do any work. I was bedridden. I had like 102 fever. It was miserable. But I got better quickly. And I remember it was Brutally cold, like zero it degrees cold. now. Cold. And I was like, man, this is bad for me. And I'm like, you're coming from Florida. I remember <laughs> that. And I remember just seeing the run out because I, I got there on that first day to, to, 
you know, in any way, but, but it, it was just Hibbert. They couldn't, there was no answer for Hibbert in the post. There was no one in the, that was able to do it. I mean, he, and they were running these pick these high screens for him. And, and it was just, you know, for, I think it was Wallace was the point guard. Um, there were two guards. I can't remember the other back the backcourt. May rivers was kind of like the sixth man on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just great defensively. Jeff green. Amazing. Uh, I believe they had, uh, was it Bowman? Or was it? Uh, it was either Bowman. You would or remember Bowman better than me because it's a blur. It's it may a blur have been from- Summers. It may have been Summers. Bowman, right. I think, was there before. It was Summers, another guy who was like a freshman or sophomore, six eight weight. They had two guys like six eight. It was Green and and they were just they were just so good. Then you had Patrick Ewing Jr. who was also just a great defensive player. I mean, that team really put it together, and I think they put too much of it together early on, and then they they lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I had them in the Final Four that year, of course. <laughs> I just remember that locker room. Let me refresh you for just a second. We were around them after the press conference stuff is over. They're in the locker room. And I remember Patrick Ewing standing there, big John Thompson standing there, Doc Rivers standing there with JT3, John Thompson third, and they all had cigars. They were smoking. Remember that? They were smoking the cigars and Patrick Ewing Jr.'s on the team. It was just, it was a fascinating time to be around that version of the Hoyas because they had gotten it back. Like you mentioned, because even after Patrick Ewing, you mentioned Matumbo, you mentioned Alonzo Mourning, Allen Iverson. They've always been around the tournament, the sweet 16, and eventually they did get back uh, to a final four. So it will be interesting for this team. Just a couple of minutes left here on this episode of college basketball, coast to coast. We talk with Ari Russell, my wingman. Ari will be back as March goes along with me telling stories about final fours that he and I have been to, et cetera. Find him at Ari Russell, on social media. Uh, this is a, this is a fascinating game, but it's, it's also interesting that Georgetown had such a hot streak in New York and now they take a break for seven days and come to Indianapolis and Colorado lost to Oregon state in the championship game. It's been seven days for them. Do you believe the seven day layoff might hurt the Hoyas a little more with how hot they got what is your guess on that for Saturday real quick I honestly man I've given up on figuring out Georgetown in the NCAA tournament uh I have to see that we we don't know we have no proof of uh product at this point for Patrick Ewing coach teams in the NCAA tournament we don't know how they're going to respond I I would hope that they come out and their confidence is still there that they don't require back-to-back-to-back games in the same arena uh in order for them to do it uh, I would figure that their confidence is higher than it's ever been uh, in in a long time, um, and you know they they ran through they ran through the Big East. Not I mean like winning that championship game, it wasn't even close. You know it wasn't they destroyed Creighton, uh, and Creighton was a lock to make the t- the, the tournament. Uh, Colorado kind of you know uh, in their loss uh, was that's two bubble busting teams right there. Uh, definitely Georgetown kicked the team out, and Colorado losing to. Oregon State is another Correct. bubble buster. So you have a team that's kind of on the back end of the negative side in Colorado, probably looking to redeem themselves, and another team looking to kind of continue the run. You know, it's it's interesting to see. I think it's an interesting matchup. You know, we'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't really call it. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Georgetown just because I'm, I'm going to be, you know, represented DC from the womb to the tomb. So. I love I love the loyalist on that. And again, Javon Blair is the guard. He was on the all-tournament team. He's averaging about four assists a game, scores about 12 or 13 points. And I'm going to try the name, Quadras Wahab. Quadras Wahab is the big man, 6'11", Nigerian sophomore. He was phenomenal, blocking shots and rebounding. 
Let's see what kind of impact he has. I do think there's something to the layoff for both teams. Will you be stale, et cetera, et cetera, for either one of them? Will Georgetown come out on fire because they were making shots? We'll see. I've got about a minute left. We love this time of the year. And I know you've got new baby, that work responsibilities, but we got to have extra eyeballs, extra TVs, not just for the Hoyas game, but for all of this. Ari, there's 36 games Thursday night through Saturday night. It's going to be crazy real quick. Always is, man. It's a little bit different this year. It's always been Thursday, Friday. The Thursday of this Thursday in March has always been one of my favorite days just because it starts at noon and it goes until midnight, 12 hours straight. Um, you know, so now it's a little different. But that's cool. Uh, we have the NLA tournament in March this year. We didn't have that last year. I just really hope that they're able to maintain the protocols and things don't get disrupted too much so we can just have a tournament and we can talk about it normally. But I tell you what, what a difference a year makes, man. I, I just, you know, it's just fun. It's 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 the great sporting event, and I'm happy that they still they have it this year. We can do something to play it this year despite the disruptions in the regular season. Yeah, they put a lot of time and thought, and there may be delays. There may be games that get played later after the weekend because of COVID delay or something. I don't know what they're going to do. We'll find out on that. We know the Hoyas playing Colorado as part of the first-round games on Friday and Saturday. They're playing on Saturday at Hinkle Fieldhouse, legendary Hinkle Fieldhouse. Ari, thank you. I appreciate you hanging out with me, telling stories. Promise me you're back later in March to tell more stories about the Final Four and the tournament on College Basketball Coast to Coast. I will do my best to power up this computer to, to talk with you <laughs> thousand, a thousand, five hundred miles away. <laughs> I always, I always love it. My thanks also to Kevin Rogers of Vegas Insider. We thank you for finding us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts to College Basketball Coast to Coast. Find us on TuneIn on the Tag Sports Group channel. Streaming top and bottom of every hour. It's College Basketball Coast to Coast. Tag, T-A-G, Tag Sports Group to find us on that channel. For now, we are done. We get ready for the games this weekend. We'll be talking more about it in the preview and recap mode on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Bye.